In honour of the London Olympics, this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed has been renamed Gareth Jones crawling at one mile per hour next to a newly created restricted use lane that's almost completely empty. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. He's Zog. Hello. He's Richard. Hello. I'm Gareth, and this is the first time all three of us have been together since the late 12th century, I think. Mm. I think Fangio was leading mm. the championship last time we were together, weren't we? Yeah, and cars ran on horses back then, I think. I cars, seem to remember yeah. we had a fascinating chat about the repeal of the window tax. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and then moved on. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, are you glad, like I'm glad that we actually missed the British Grand Prix this year. I would never normally say that. What, missed going to it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't look with envy at the pictures on the television of the rain. Oh, it held off for the race, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. yeah. In a way, was the one bit that perhaps you'd have thought it would have benefited from the rain. It's spicy, but uh, yeah, it sounded a bit miserable there. And I know there were people still trying to escape the campsites and the car parks on the Monday. That's right, yeah. yeah. The people from F1 in pubs contacted me. There would have been a lot of tramping around in mud, and that's just... Do you know know my views on camping? at the best of times and it would have just sent me over the edge personally and I'm sure a lot of people who even quite enjoy pooing in a bucket and sleeping (laughs) (laughs) under a piece of tarpaulin (laughs) were driven to the brink of madness by it it didn't look so good so roll on the London Grand Prix basically yeah well we did it first the London Grand Prix remember when you had it first seven years ago boys when we were bright eyed and bushy tailed was that seven years ago it was boys yeah crikey at the very dawn of this podcast you might say really or well Maybe not the dawn, but around about nine o'clock in the morning. But, but do you reckon that's going to happen? London Grand Prix? No, what are the chances? Come on, what are the, what are the, what are the chances? Not, uh, there is more chance of there being a Grand Prix in this living room than there is in London. Sound of a Formula One car approaches from the kitchen. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> let's let's not the office now. chair. They're over there towards the sofa <laughs> complex. <laughs> and, uh, well, into the corner they As long as everything was shrunk down to about one-eighth size, I reckon you could get away with But those poor people at Silverstone, those, yeah, it, it, yeah, you've seen Galaxy Quest, haven't you? Those yes. poor people. That just made me movie. think of that, yeah. But the London Grand Prix would be wonderful, not least of all because... The three of us live in London. That would be great. It ain't going to happen. I don't think they're going to have an Olympic Grand Prix. He's not interested in that either. They're using the Olympic complex, which means Silverstone. So what did go wrong at Silverstone? Let's think. We'll have the race in July. You know, potentially the hottest month of the year. The weather can't possibly affect us. Because the British summer is so reliable, <laughs> we never, ever get, you know, any kind of little rainy spells or downpours. But in, you know, in it's... my mind, and I know there have been exceptions, but in my mind, more often than not, the British Grand Prix weekend seems to be sunny. Yeah, yeah. oh, sure. And yeah, it's yeah. always quite nice. Oh, and I always feel quite proud because I think the perception of Britain amongst people overseas is that it always rains and it's nice to go look look watch your <laughs> televisions you now look at our sunshine which is you know the olympics yeah. at this rate is going to reinforce everybody's global prejudice about oh. britain it's constantly yeah. raining there and lo and behold it bloody well is yeah what do you have i grew up in wearing... manchester and i'm getting depressed by this rain at the moment i, mean, I grew up like in wales and i'm depressed by this rain. We're, we're just having a rotten summer and that's what happened it yeah. seems that the big problem at Silverstone is parking on grass and camping on grass. 
Now, we don't have that problem when we go to Le Mans. Now, is it because underneath all the grass at Le Mans, you've got some stone? You know how hard it is to get your pegs in when you're camping at Le Mans. So you get good drainage. No, they haven't bothered with that at Silverstone. They put all the money on the Silverstone wing. Well, I don't know. I I suspect, and it'd be interesting to hear what, Somebody that you know kind of knew about the geology and the soil around. You know, is there anyone, there must be somebody that knows about what the soil at the moor is like compared to the soil at Silverstone. Loam. Yeah, I'd have thought the big problem is you know, there's a difference between oh, same type of soil. It's the only one I know. Sorry, go on. go on. Yeah, but it's a difference between a 24-hour race. People spend a lot more time rocking up to and leaving, and people spend several days there and plan on spending several days there. So it's all much more spread out. Mm. Whereas Grand Prix weekend, you've just got a much greater proportion of the crowd turning up and leaving within an hour or two of the start and the end of the race, really. So, mm. uh, which no, resulted a bit, bit more than an hour or two, but you know what I mean. It's just which resulted this year in a unique. Statement: I have never in my life heard the organisers of a race event say, if you've got a ticket for Saturday, could you not come, please? Mm. Have you ever heard that, ever? It's okay. Yes. You know, we invited you to that dinner party on Saturday. Yeah. I'm afraid that the dogs weed on one of the chairs, so could you not turn up? Because otherwise, yeah, we, we want to air it out, put it yeah. out in the garden, get it. Yeah, yeah. What's the solution, Richard? What is it? Is it put make sure the dog stone? sits in the no, garden. No, not the oh, right. dinner party issue. <laughs> uh, what is the solution? Well, the solution, I suppose, in extremists, is tarmac over all those fields. Yeah. It's going to cost a fortune. So yeah. tarmac over because the main problem seemed to be, as Zog points out, unlike Le Mans, which people go to, it's, it's a camping orientated event. A lot of people camp. Personally, not me, if I can avoid it. That's <laughs> just me. A lot of people are happy to camp because they like pooing in a bucket and sleeping under a tarpaulin. So, Silverstone, a lot more people come and go in the day. So, car parking is the main issue, and that's what they lost so much of, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't really justify permanent concreting, tarmacking over enough space for car no, well, that's it. I for mean, one weekend a year. It would be absurd, wouldn't it? Because yeah. for the rest of the year, it would just be these vast, desolate spaces. Unless they could find something else to do with them, like use them as go-kart courses yeah. or yeah. driver training, things like yeah. that. You know, the Porsche yeah. experience is there. And uh, I don't know, does the Mercs do stuff there or is there stuff all down at Brooklyn? Um, Brooklyn, yeah. well, Maybe yeah, they could. Maybe. Uh, it strikes me that perhaps some other car manufacturers want to get in on that. What are Jag doing at the moment with yeah. their sort of driver experience things? I'm not sure they do very much. Why not get a bunch of XFRs down there into one of Silverstone's many lavishly tarmac new car parks that don't exist yet? And <laughs> Just uh, hoon around for a few, yeah. uh, few cones down and put a little you know, porter cabin at one side that can be their little base. Get some coffee on. Jobs are good. Mm. It's a plan. Might not be workable, but it's a plan. And I like a man with a plan. Bernie Ecclestone, did you hear that Bernie actually didn't jump down the throat of Silverstone over this this year? Bernie, for the first time ever, came out in defence of Silverstone. Sorry, <clears throat> I'll come down to Doctor. <laughs> Bernie, for the first time ever, came out in defence of Silverstone and said... Well, it's the weather. You can't do much about that. I've never heard him. It's What's... the one thing yeah. that I can't control. And I have tried. <laughs> <laughs> Dad? Our father? Yes, Jesus. We've had another letter from Mr. Eccleston, Dad. Oh, me. What is it now? He says he's not happy 
with this weather. This is like clouds look too messy. He doesn't want any more rain, and the wind is going in the wrong direction. Oh, really? Yeah, Dad. And he says he wants you to sort it out, or else. Or else what? Or else he won't let you into the Formula One paddock. <laughs> Doesn't he realise I'm omnipresent? He says so's he. <laughs> Fine. Tell him I'll see what I can do. Honestly, he's been no end of trouble since he cut off his horns and tail. Oh, man. Hello, English scum. Oh, uh, hello, officer. So you are trying to drive your car in France. You know that in this country you are legally required to carry a high-visibility vest? Yes. And a warning triangle? Yes. And a spare bulb kit? Yes. And from the 1st of July, you are also required to carry a breathalyzer. Oh, for God's sake. You're turning everyone's car into a branch of bloody Halfords. That's right. Now, where is your legally required display of cheap silver car stereos, your flimsy glass case of sat-navs, and your surly teenagers in orange shirts who are extremely unhelpful? As you can probably tell from the difference in the quality of my voice and the atmosphere around the microphone, we've left the confines of my house and we've come outside to record the next bit of Gareth Jones on Speed on location because Richard has turned up in what you described as a moderately interesting car. Yeah, I think it is. Maybe even extremely interesting Yeah, car. it's not I a moderately interesting did car. Did I say moderately? I was you did, really, yeah. I was being understated. There. I think it's you're a right. very interesting yeah. car. It may be the most interesting car that's come out this year, in fact, I think. Well, let's see. Should we play a guessing game with the listeners, right? If we try and describe this car to them. because yeah, then they'll all go, oh, I thought you were going to say a Ferrari F12. No, it's that. not that, it's no. Not it's no. not that, no. It's no, it's no fun if you don't have the feedback of people guessing wrong and then yeah. you're kind of yeah. teasing them a bit more. <laughs> yeah. and, uh... Should we tell them where it is then? Go on. Well, if we were Americans, it would be a Chevrolet Volt. Or if we were people here who wanted the same car with a different badge on it, they are selling the Volt here, but this is a Vauxhall Ampera, which is the same car with a different nose on it. But they got the name wrong. They should have called it the Volta. But for Europe, it should have been the Volta. The Italian was Volta, yeah, that's right. Who gave the name to the Volt, yeah? I know that because I played him in a programme once. So, looking at it, it's not a bad-looking thing in the flesh. It's definitely very modern. You know, it's got all sorts of funny angles and things. It's got this striking black, highly polished line in the lower part of the... uh, What is that? Right, this is to make the windows look deeper without actually making the windows deeper because they want to reduce the amount of thermal ingress ingress that can go in there so the aircon doesn't have to work as hard, which obviously therefore saves battery life 
and such like so yes but if the windows were just as shallow as they really are the car would look a little slab sided so they put this black strip here which sort of deceives the eye black strips are the new fashion they've got them on the Audi R8 haven't they they have black strips here yeah where have they got black strips on the R8 the panel down the side oh, yeah. the side blades yeah. oh the side blades yeah. I saw an R8 the other day that had them coloured in on a red car and it looked bloody awful now, let me get back to this thing. Yeah, the lights are interesting. Because what you've got... Well, can you describe it? Well, the plastic cowling that's covering the headlight and, I guess, the running lights down below. Is that yeah. Or, uh, it's a kind of continuous sort of... Boomerang shape. Uh, yeah, OK, it's boomerang shape, that's good. And it's sort of stacked. So, you know, you've got a nice sweep from just under the bonnet line right down almost to a couple of inches above the lip of the sort of lower edge of the spoiler but that's not actually what's happening that's the impression it's this clever black panel that they've got in between the top glass for the headlamps and the lower glass for the running lights there's another one of those black panels which here in the dark of north london at 10 30 in the evening yeah clever though mm, no, yeah, it looks great I think it's a good uh, apparently they came up with this this was done because the Volt is obviously an American car was developed in the US but Opel and Vauxhall in Europe were allowed to design their own front end for it and apparently the Americans are very jealous because the front end on this looks nice than the one on the Volt it's it does a bit more aggressive it. I think it's yeah. really nice looking this, yeah. this bit mm-hmm. uh, so they're going to try and sort of retrospectively do something similar in the US now because they like it so much also they came up with this boomerangy thing with this effect of having this whole light panel here and for this car and then liked it so much they stuck it on the new Zafira as well mm. this is going to be cropping up on Vauxhalls all over the shop ah, I think yeah. but it started on this car well I guess the, I mean, with the American year. habit of facelifting models every year in a way that yeah, you don't necessarily yeah, do yeah. in Europe they'll be able to get that so plastic surgery the, is rife in America isn't it models yeah. have facelifts every six months don't they should we um, yeah let's we go? Uh, I'm going to go and sit in the front Z because I want to hear some audio because Richard spotted that this car makes some interesting sound noises. Here you go, so it's going in the back. Once we work out how the locking works. Not as in. There we go. Have you booted the system, Richard? No, I haven't. It's booted itself. Booted itself? Right, so, well, it did, no, it did one thing. It did a welcome thing, which just makes a noise now. It's telling me, I've driven down from Luton, well, I picked this car up and I've driven over here. It's used up its battery, so it's now the petrol engine is kicking in. So it's telling me to plug in to recharge. It's all keyless, so I just jab this button here. Listen. Did you hear that? <laughs> it's got a noise. It makes a noise. It looks like the USS Enterprise just booted the system here. I'm sitting in the passenger seat. There is a panel in between Richard and I, which I can count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 20 3, 3, 4, 3, 5, and they're all touch 50. sensitive as well, which is, I think, one of those things they do when they want things to be futuristic, like a Sinclair ZX81. Is one of the things I've already noticed about this car that I don't like is that you just go to here to fiddle with this main turning wheel which scrolls through functions and stuff on the nav and the stereo and things yeah. like that and it's all too easy just for part of your hand to nudge a touch sensitive button yeah. and suddenly it's gone on to the auxiliary function when all you were trying to do was just change the radio station. So when you say touch sensitive you mean they'll respond to just the slightest sort of yeah, brush I mean, rather than a positive? They do, yes, too much. They're supposed to be a bit more. Oh I see, okay. Yeah. yeah. But look, you can just 
tap that in it. Yeah. So that's just the heater panel. So, yeah, we've got a touch-sensitive panel that is this sort of, what would we call that? Sort of chromized plastic. It's not chromized, is it? It's sort of, sort of gunmetal finish, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And they're just touch-sensitive spots to operate then, all the controls for here. your heater and, uh, and what have you. have got a real button that scrolls through your functions on your eco readout screen here showing what things are doing and that's a really lovely flush mounted clicky little button it's like well you could have done a load more flush mounted clicky little buttons and look, look at the way the transmission stick we call the gear stick is buried into a kind of a thunderbird one yeah, launch it's bay weird that as well isn't it you have to pull out you wonder that's so very old school and so much of this car is so high tech that they've put on a sort of real old-fashioned gear lever should we go yeah. somewhere yeah. i'm going to reverse out of this parking space though so go. the battery officially has nothing much left in it so the engine and bear in mind this car the engine's only a generator yeah it can connect there's two electric motors it can connect itself to the second motor at high speed because apparently at that point over 70 miles an hour in extremis when you need more power it can do that but fundamentally the petrol engine is not connected to the wheels the we're driving sitting wheels. in an electric car an electric with car front wheel drive two electric motors yeah. Yeah, yeah. and a four cylinder 1.4 litre engine it's got like 84 485 horsepower but you're never using that horsepower to drive yeah. the car you're yeah. using 150-ish horsepower electric so, two electric motors so two. it's 85 horsepower driving a generator which is then charging the battery and or driving the motors the way i describe this to people when we talk about did you hear that talk, by the way Sorry. what was that oh, it again. that i'll put it back on again that's the electric parking brake Oh, now, see, yes, in a yeah, petrol car, a diesel yeah, yeah. car, you've got tick over going on at that point, so you barely ever hear those things. The little thing behind you. Here we go. But with this, <laughs> see, we're complete signs, and there we go. And now we're moving. We're moving, we're moving backwards. Oh, yes. Here we go. And we're moving, but you probably can't hear that. There was a slight, but not much Ooh, else. Slight thing. Now. I really like that central display. The graphics, I think they've done a very good job with those. They're attractive. Now, we've had to stop at a junction. A man just walked past. Now, yeah. can I show you one thing about this car, actually, which I should... I won't, I'll wait till we get away from some houses. Yeah. There's one thing I want to say as well. We're coming over some speed bumps. If you listen carefully, you will now hear a horrible noise. Do you hear that? Just does not work. That speed that's bump wasn't pat. too bad. Uh, I'm, no, I'm, that's I'm scraping. Using... That's not the front spoiler. Yes, yeah, but... They said to me, don't worry about it. It's designed there to be as low to the road as possible for good aerodynamics, but it's flexible. There you go. Ouch. Horrible noise. And that was a very gently taken speed bump, let's be fair, at eight mile per hour. Yeah, I mean, I did In a family car, not a a low slung spot. Yeah, but that's it. So they said, that's fine. It's designed to do that. Don't worry Mm. too much about it. So where we're buzzing around in We're still on electric power now, because we're just tootling through some... Some houses. I'll show you because we're not near too many houses here. There's a oh, graunch. There's an extra horn on the end of the stalk. That's your hello, I'm coming to pedestrians horn, deliberately designed to be a little politer uh, because they know that people don't hear electric cars coming. But they don't want a big. They don't want a thing. I, I did suggest that for the UK That's market a... alone, they should have one that just went. <coughs> yes, excuse, <laughs> me. excuse me. Uh, uh, right. So That's a really now, good touch. That's we're now driving up. Is that the motor? Yeah, or is that the AC? There we the go. Motor's the motor's running at constant in. velocity. Yeah. Because that's how you want to run an engine at its optimum speed. If it's working as a generator and that load doesn't change, it's simply generating at a fixed rate. That is a constant velocity motor, isn't yeah, it? And, 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 and to, to finish the other, the, you know, the, the earlier thought. I mean, this is the way I you know, describe this to people: is it, it, it's yeah, it's the automotive equivalent of a diesel electric locomotive. Mm. It's Di- the a diesel aut- electric locomotive works by having a diesel engine driving a generator that 
provides power to the electric motor? It's the crawler. You know the crawler, the vehicle that they use to carry the space shuttle and previously the Apollo Saturn V from the vehicle assembly building to the launch pad 39, that huge giant tractor, that's exactly the same. A stack of diesel engines which charge batteries which relay power into electric motors for each of the set of tracks. It's like the crawler. I like it more now for that. Well, this is the thing. So now we're sort of trotting along, not going particularly fast because we're just driving up into your high street and doing 20 miles an hour the engine that is oh there the engine just turned itself off it's charged the batteries enough and now we're back to just oh no it's there again see this thing you can barely hear it graunch but the fact is that no matter what I do with the accelerator now I've stuck it into L mode so every time you lift off you've got some fairly strong not Tesla strong but you've got some regenerative Braking. Five different modes L, D, N, R, and P. Well, we know what R, P, and N are. D and L. So L gives you more regen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We call it regen, can we? Yeah. What does the L stand for? Uh, Low. I don't know. Electric. Low. I can't remember now. Does it stand for something or is it just. Uh, Lawrence. Yes, it is. It does stand for Lawrence. It's named after the man who went, hey, let's have a regen mode. So I come up to a red light, so I just lift off the throttle, and look, it's got such sort of regen braking. That, that was just lifting off. You didn't just didn't lifting off. Didn't yeah. t- have to touch the brakes, and we've it almost come like to a halt, but it's fine. Because, yeah. you know, like Teslas and things, they have such powerful regenerative braking that they have to put the brake lights on even when you haven't touched the brake pedal. And this doesn't. So you have got to make sure in your mirrors that you haven't got anyone right up your chuff because they'll suddenly be in the boot. Yeah, because mm. you your brake lights won't come on. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, just... don't tailgate an Ampera. Yeah, there is a speed camera beyond that crossing, but beyond there, it would be interesting to see what this thing would accelerate within the law. But so, well, we're just again, so we're just yeah. the, en- the engine's running as well. We're going down a slight hill, so I just lift off but just keep my foot just on the throttle. If we pull up that thing there, look, we're actually putting power back into the battery. I don't know whether we're being hooted at as well for slowing down. Absolutely, to- <laughs> no, we are. that wasn't that was somebody else. We're all right. Yeah, I really like that Wizzy display. The yeah, the graphics are pretty good, aren't they? It's like mm. things where they've put some effort in. Okay, we're just going to go past the speed camera, so we're only doing like 20 miles an hour. As soon as we're past here. Whoa! And we're off. And the engine kicks in it. And that drives the extra electric motor. Yeah. Well, no, it doesn't, because that only happens at 70. I think that's just whirring itself up because it's realised that we're depleting the battery. It's going to rate of not. So it's not so a constant velocity motor, then. It can't be. I think be it has different that. velocities, but yeah. it always tries to remain within the ideal band of normal running. It settles to a certain thing, but under extreme. Let's do it again, see what happens. That felt yeah, urgent. As a passenger, that yeah, felt yeah, like no, a car is, that was properly it? accelerated. Yeah, no, no, it's it's got got a bit of a doesn't hang around. And yeah. I think, but it's more impressive when you've got a full battery because then you don't get that engine noise and yeah. just have that pure electric car experience. And we've got no mm. gearbox or any form of transmission noise from I mean, a CVT or a torque converter or anything. It's just electric motors on wheels. And according to your main display, this driver's display, you've got we're getting 250 plus. Oh uh, yeah, well that's gallons. just that can't be right. Theoretical mm, yeah, thing. There's another. There's a screen in here somewhere. So you don't have to recharge this car yourself. You know you don't. But that's you can. The thing. Mm. I think it would work well if you did because if you had a commute like I don't know when I drive over to White City from my place it's an eight mile commute and uh, an eight mile commute back 
it could do that all on battery, stick it on charge overnight, jobs are good, it's supposed to be like a quid on average for a recharge, although electricity tariffs being what they are, who the hell knows how much you're paying, yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah, pays yeah. something different, yeah. but so it's still um, way, way cheaper than yeah. petrol, so... It's a top Well, up, now it, it reckons in real time we're doing like 240 miles to the gallon, which can't be right. And since I picked this car up, I've done 32 miles on pure electric off the battery, and I've done 4.9 miles with the petrol engine right, that, running. Right, that was going to be my, my question. If it was 240, you know, what's it averaging it out over in terms of Yeah, well, it's petrol. all a bit. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're fudging it a little, a little bit, maybe, because it's all theoretical. But the point is, I've done 30... Five miles and I've used 0.16 gallons of fuel. That's that's your headline there. I think. Thank you, sir. Going into here and oh, speed bumps more. Oh, there we Sorry go. about the speed bumps. Should I turn around in here? Remembering yeah. that that's okay. A man from Vauxhall said, "Don't worry about that noise." They probably do it to let people know that there's a car coming as well. <laughs> I wonder. Well, once again, I've got. <laughs> my excuse me I'm on my way Horn. how long have you got this car for I've only got it for three days there's a lot of demand on these things and they yeah. said I'm really sorry we can't spare one for too long which is a shame because I would love to live with it for longer mm-hmm. just to see so look now we're down it's got a bit of well, so. particularly something just, this different, you want to sort of try it out for longer. There are some things that only become apparent about, you know, yeah. something that's a fairly different kind of vehicle when you've lived with it for a while. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Petron just turned off again. All is quiet, so we can just let me just move off in silence, which is the, is the sort of my favourite bit. I just well, like that creeping about. Let me tell you about stealth, stealth mode. Yes, well, I, about the uh, Lexus CT200 we had for Le Mans oh, this yeah. year. I probably for the first time ever got completely addicted to the idea of when you pull away, you really should do it on an electric motor because there's people standing around, it's nice and quiet, you know, you've got that instant torque from low speed. It's better suited as a piece of engineering to low speed pull away than the big old noisy petrol engine, which is great at high speeds. Oh, I've just noticed something. So it's got this screen in here where, first of all, it gives you a percentage of your use of the air conditioning. Now, I've actually just got it ticking over to clear the screen because it's a damp evening, but it's still 73%, mm-hmm. and so doing okay there. And it cleared the screen quite quickly. It, one of the things about this car that I have noticed is it is still just a car. It works like a car. Everything that you'd want, it goes and stops, and it has air conditioning that works and a radio and all Probably these things. Probably just as well. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not compromising all the bits you need out of a car. But it's also rating your driving style. Now, I just <laughs> as an experiment on the way over here, when I was trying to see how far I could go, when it told me I had two miles left on the battery, but... I wanted to see if I could get to your house, which is more than two miles, yeah. before the petrol engine kicked in. And I drove in a very, very matronly way. And I got my driving style rating up to 97%. Well done. Gunning it like a wazzock earlier yeah. on. I'm down to 34% now. They're really, it's really punishing me for doing that. You, for being a lead foot. Yeah. yeah. Going to accelerate up hills. Yeah, we're going yeah, up a yeah. mild incline I'm, now. I'm also doing 20 and miles the... an hour in, a, in the 30 zone on a main road with people behind me going... You eco bellend. So <laughs> let's just find a happy medium here. What is interesting though is that you know usually driving in an economical way can become really quite boring. But if you do this and you make it into a competitive sport, yes, then suddenly it's a bit more it interesting. Lightened it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was you just lifting off there. Yeah, it? yeah. I See again, I, I would, you know, yeah, that that, that I'm going felt to touch like the brakes now the brakes. at the very last yeah. minute just to stop us at the line. Yeah. But otherwise, it's all just on the regen stuff, which is good. So here again, we are, sitting at lights in North London in a car 
almost no noise from us at all. We can hear the diesel engine of the, uh, uh, what Ooh, is that, a Vauxhall alongside. Yeah, also I just got distracted because there's a Hyundai XG30 there Oh, well, lovely. On the original wheels as well. Yeah. Hey, uh, the wheels on this are a bit weird, aren't they? The wheels on this, yeah, and they're sort of, they've got these plastic inserts that make them, I guess, more aerodynamic. But, again, apparently, like the front end design, the wheels, apparently customers in America who have Chevy Volts saw these wheels on the internet and have demanded them over there as well so they're going to start offering them in the US I am intoxicated I have to say by low speed driving in electric cars and equally intoxicated by high speed driving in internal combustion cars and if I could find an electric car which would do the high speed thing and the distance thing in the way that an internal combustion engine car does I would have one is this the best version of that we have at the moment? Is it the best electric car? Yeah, I think it is, because it, it gets rid of that range anxiety thing. One of the reasons I've been intrigued to have it for a bit longer is to see genuinely how economical it is and whether when you have depleted the battery that you've charged up from the mains, which it only has a range of between 25 to 50 miles, they say, but whether actually you're working that little 1.4 engine quite hard to keep topping the batteries back up to yeah. feed those electric motors to drive you along and whether it actually becomes sort of no more economical than a diesel Golf or something. But what I like about it is it does give you that electric car experience. It's different to drive. It's not like a diesel Golf. It's actually quite relaxing because it just sort of purrs along in cities. I think it is probably at its best in town. Even though my experience driving down the M1 today, it's perfectly okay on the motorway, but I think it's probably at its best in town. You'll notice the ride is quite nice as well, I think. It's quite, it's a yeah. fairly, you know... Yeah, simple. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. I mean, I've always thought this was the best approach to an electric vehicle right now. You have all-electric drive, but you have an internal combustion engine to top up your charge, which, as you say, completely removes the range anxiety. It's just the smartest, simplest, best way of doing it, I think. And seeing it working for the first time, actually driving around a one, it works yeah, I well. like, I like. It's, yeah. it's great to see this. Well, I'd love to have a go at living with one of these for a while. I'd be interested to find out from Richard in these three days he has with this, his final conclusion. It looks very promising. And to be honest, look, the three of us are genuinely excited. You can tell, can't mm. you? You can just tell. How interesting. I tell you what, I'm still waiting for a jet-powered hybrid Jaguar, though. Until then, this is the nearest thing we've got to. Yeah. The, thing, the thing I like about this is that it's interesting. We've got plenty to talk about with it. But also, yeah. I find it in a strange way quite satisfying to drive and it sort of thinks well this is the future and imagine if they could sort of harness this in a sportier way sporty if this yeah. is the future you know it's probably not going to be complete misery well it's also this is the thing you know this isn't a car that requires a hydrogen economy it doesn't require people to be putting you know new kinds of filling stations on corners it works right now and it works well yeah and it's carrying us Back to base. Oh, chiff. And chiff's its Just chin. Just used to the sound of yeah. all Straight cars down. grinding their noses at <laughs> speed bumps for aerodynamic reasons. I've heard the future and it sounds like chiff. Ow. <laughs> Maybe it sounds... That's <laughs> the future, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, excuse me. You've been listening to Richard Porter. Goodbye. Zog. Goodbye. A Vauxhall Ampera. You can't rev the engine, can you? Even if you blip the throttle, you can't... <laughs> and me, Gareth Jones uh, A bit of good news for you Our next episode of Gareth Jones on Speed Is the return of our summer music 
special. <laughs> so we'll see you for that one. Ta-da! To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>